When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to another episode of That's a Wrap Podcast. I'm your, I guess you could say, host of the That's a Wrap episode, uh, podcast. My name is Jay Rosales. I usually am joined by Dre and our fabulous producer, Jason. But today I'm going solo because we have a very special episode booked for you guys today. We have in the building, Raptors HQ, Editor-in-Chief, Daniel Reynolds, joining us today. Dan, how you doing, man? I'm doing okay. I, I've always wanted to be part of a very special episode of something. That's kind of fun. Well, it is It is actually a very special time here. You know, for, for those who have been listening to this podcast, you're listening to this through Raptors HQ. And Raptors HQ, I'd like to think, is, you know, bias aside, is, is, is definitely one of the go-to places for Raptors fans, right? Like, not, not just your casual fans who have joined once the Raptors won a championship, this is for the hardcore fans, right? We we were we were around when when Damon Sotomayor was drafted. We were around when you know Vince Carter got traded away. We were around for all of the hard times and all the good times. And Daniel Reynolds has been a huge part of Raptors HQ, being the editor in chief for seven years. Um, I I guess I'll I'll start off by passing it over to you. I think there's there's specifically a very special reason why we're having this episode and i'm going to leave it to you daniel to to kind of announce uh, what you need to announce and and kind of go from there well what's what's new and exciting with you so dramatic yes uh, it has been, <laughs> it has indeed been seven years of running raptors hq and it's funny you mentioned like the hard times of being a raptors fan i i didn't found raptors hq but the original founder he uh, adam francis uh he started in the real sort of dog days of the mid 2000s when you know the the, the team was sort of on the up and up, but like obviously went through some really rough times. Anyway, we've had a good run, some of the, an amazing run over the last seven years, but it, 
this will be uh, my last. Uh, this is it. This is the last day of me running HQ. By the time you hear this, I will have retired from the sports blogging game, as it were, wow. and as the, the manager of Rabs HQ, which, you know, like Kyle Lowry, I'm going to go out, you know, as on top as I can go in, in terms of in Toronto sports lore. The, the symmetry is is quite incredible, right? It's uh, You've been around for roughly around the exact same time as Kyle Lowry has. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, you know, if we could have a, a Raptors Twitter, Raptors blogging statue, I'm sure there would be one raised for you as well. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's it's shocking news. I remember you you'd mentioned it. And I was like, oh crap, this is huge! Like in in a shocking, exciting, good, bad. I don't know. I I, I didn't know how to take the news because I've always thought of Raptors HQ and thought of you. So a lot of questions come to mind, right? And, and again, I'm very excited for you. Um, what? Why now? Like why? After seven years, why did you choose now is the time to to kind of step away from from Raptors HQ? Well, you know, there's a couple of factors. Um, I, I think one of, one of them was, as as many people know, the or you maybe maybe know, running the site was not you know my full time job. So part of this was you know I, I work for the city of Toronto. Uh, sorry to reveal this now. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, so I'm not a full time Raptors uh, blogger and writer and thinker. So one of the challenges was trying to maintain sort of the quality of work and getting making sure the you know, the, I had time to write and had the mental space to do that. Uh, and obviously, uh, in the last little bit, my my work, my day job has become a little more intense, let's say. So part of it was that challenge of can I still sort of be on top of the daily sort of grind of, you know, managing the site and doing the day job. And I got to the point where I felt like I was maybe starting to phone in a little too much, you know, or delegating too much. And it's like, well, it was not really fair for me to do that over, you know, over another season, let's say. And then part of it is, I mean, unfortunately, like, you know, I hate to blame it on the pandemic, but part of the fun of running the site was the sort of social aspect. And I know that's maybe only specific to me because like watching the games from uh, on TV is fun and, and sort of being on Twitter, obviously, with everyone is fun. But part of it is like going to games and, and hanging out with the friends I've made at the arena. So I know that we'll probably be back this year or soon, but it just felt like it was hard to sort of get back in that mode. So I felt, again, it, it kind of came to everything sort of combined where it sort of just felt like, well, you know what, if you're feeling this way, you're thinking this way, and the thought of sort of having to get, turn your mind to, you know, getting all the preview content set for the next season and, and getting into that and making time for that, it just felt like a hard thing to do. As a result, it just felt like also it was time to just say, you know what, maybe it's time for me to step aside and and let someone else run and, and you know, put the site in a new direction or a new, you know, Give give someone else a turn, so to speak. Yeah, and you've done an outstanding job. And again, I'm, I'm trying to put my bias aside here as someone who writes for the site <laughs> and podcasts for the site. But like, honestly, you've done some amazing work. You, before we we recorded, you were listing me the I believe you said the number of posts you've done. So can you reveal that number again? How many have you written? I, I can't tell if this is a lot or a little. I feel like I feel like so I've all, I'm just shy. According to the site like information, the back end that I have access to. Uh, I'm just shy of 2,000 posts, which over 2, seven 000. years. That's incredible. Is that a, I don't know. It's funny. It's like, it's not a, it's not a post a day, but it does sound like a lot when you say it out loud like that. You know, it's funny. Before I, before I took over the site, my friends and I was back in 2014. So in 2012, my friends and I started like a sports and culture site. And I was trying to figure out, we wrote a few, we got up to like something like 700 posts amongst a bunch of different writers over like five years. 
So I guess in that mindset, it's like, oh, I guess 2000 is a lot. But then I think about like the real guys, like when you think about the Blake Murphy or the, you know, the, you know, even like Sean Woodley doing his, doing his podcast like five times a week. It's like, you know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of content that goes up, you know? So I don't know if I'm necessarily the top in terms of numbers. Uh, I would say probably not, but uh, when you add it all up end to end, it's like, yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of words. It's a lot of words. And, and, you know, quick, quick calculation here that seven years is, you know, roughly about 2,500 days, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got, 80% 80% of your time has been written is, is, is it equates yeah. to that, right? 2000 yeah. articles over 25. That's an, that's an incredible yeah. number. So quite the volume there. And, and you know, in a lot of time too, it's like, especially now, I mean, we're, we're both seeing it now, right? It, when it, when it's the off season, it's like mm-hmm. the, the, the number of columns aren't that much, right? It's the content kind of goes yeah. down a bit, but there you are still plugging away. So I think the first question for me that comes to mind with that number of posts is, is there a favorite? Like, was there one that you were like, oh, this is, I don't care if no one reads this. This is the best thing I've ever written. Like, is there one that really jumps out to you? I can't say necessarily that there's like one specific. I will say like, like I'll, I'll, I'll sort of say one near the beginning and, and one near the, near the end. I remember when I, like I started the, the, I had that, that goofy weekly column, the James Johnson watch. I mean, you know, James, <laughs> who, like at this point, classic. It's funny to sort of talk about James Johnson, but uh, I remember sort of starting that column very like on a lark, and then it, it sort of took on a life of its own, and I sort of had some fun, and then and then it became kind of like the tr- tradition. Every Thursday afternoon, I would try and get it was James Johnson watch, then it was bringing up baby, then it was uh, the right stuff. I don't know. Like I'm proud of the fact that I just sort of did that. Uh, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know who if. People were reading them. I don't know if people were enjoying them. I don't know if people were looking at them going like, what the hell is this guy talking about? Oh, I sure as hell was. That was, that was a, that's a, <laughs> such a classic series. <laughs> Takes me down memory lane. Again, at a certain point, it just became like, this is what I want to write. And I took some pride in that. And then uh, near the end there, I found like in the bubble and like, I don't know, there was a, there was a, like when there was that, the almost a labor standoff there, the wildcat strike by the players there was a couple of columns I wrote that I, I, I really sort of stand by, like they were spinoff columns from other things people have written and then talking about labor issues and, you know, NBA history. There was one about the, the, the NBA's quote unquote conversation. And there was one about a book uh, that came out last fall or fall 2020 called the cap. That was about the history of the salary cap. And I wrote a review of that. And that was kind of cool because the author of the book, uh, Josh Mendelson sort of saw my my column and he was a fan of it. And actually, mm-hmm. funny story on that a little sidebar. I wrote that column and then I got an email from like Oscar Robertson, like a a a, a guy that knew Oscar. I'm like I forget his name. What? Yeah, it's very it was very random. It was like a guy like a sort of like say, hey, did, was this guy mentioned Jim Jim Quinn and like and I was just like, oh yeah, like I mean yeah, it was just reading about just writing about this book. But it's one of those things where it kind of someone was keeping an eye open for stuff and sort of happened to catch the column. Wow. I don't know. It, it was like, you know, you, when you're writing it, obviously a lot of it is you're sitting by yourself and you don't know if anyone's reading it or anyone cares. Mm-hmm. So any sort of, obviously the, the feedback, you, you want to get feedback, you know, any, right. so anything you put out there, you want to get feedback. So when you get something where, even if it's, to some extent, even if it's critical, you know, not all the time, but sometimes you get critical. So it, 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 it's like someone's reading it. Someone cared right. enough to sort of say this was good or bad. So I don't know. There was stuff like that where I felt like 
I was really putting myself out there a little bit and, and people were sort of responding to it. So that felt good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, mean, I feel the same way too, right? Like sometimes we don't know how many clicks we get, right? And mm -hmm. it, are people reading the full thing or whatever, but I mean, any kind of recognition is, is good recognition. And yeah. um, I actually thought that one of the, the favorites you would have mentioned was, was Point Man. Um, oh yeah. That was, that was right. Yeah. That's the other, yes, you're right. Yeah. Point Man was, was something that, um, I was very happy that that came together. And um, it's funny, I had that idea and then I was like, I'm going to try and do this. And then it sort of came together in a way that was was pretty good to me. And then what's funny is I didn't really think about this. And then I was talking to uh, my friend who also writes with like Connor McCreary, who is a, you know, a comic writer and he's had a bunch of books and he wrote Kill Shakespeare and Adventure Time and all these different stuff he did. And I said, I got this this MBA comic I want to do, and I'm trying to figure out how to publish it. And he was just like, why don't you just put it on Raptors HQ? And I was like, mm -hmm. like it's like a bolt of lightning. Like, oh, yeah, right. There'll be pictures and things, and I could just put up a page or two or whatever. And then it kind of came together from there. And I was like, oh, what a great idea. And again, I don't know if anyone enjoyed that. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if anyone read it. But I don't know. I was having fun. I was I like putting it up there. I have a box in here. And one day when conventions, when we're allowed to be back in comic conventions, I'm definitely going to be selling them. So. Yeah, and it's great how it came together too, because like so few, I, I I don't know how many other authors have had the luxury of like you can almost like drip dry, like drip some of the pages of an upcoming book or comic, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like a little page here, a little page there, and it's just yeah. like it's wetting the appetite of the reader. And uh, I love how that whole that whole thing came together. It's it's amazing. I, I'm glad I'm glad you enjoyed it, and I I, I it was fun to sort of get it out there and. And then, yeah, like I felt like we had a bit of a built-in audience, you know, Kyle Lowry's in the book and like, there's a bit of, I don't know, like I said, it was a little, the concept was a little funky, I guess, but like, I don't know, it, it felt, it was, a, it kind of had a bunch of my, my passions in it. Like I like uh, crime stories and noir stories and uh, basketball. And, you know, it's funny. I was, I watched the movie, uh, No Sudden Move recently, a Steve Soderbergh movie. Mm -hmm. and that was one of the things that I really liked about it. It's like, the whole movie is like guys in rooms talking about their plans and trying to decide who's going to screw who and in terms of in a, in a heist situation. So that was kind of like my, mm. where my mind was at the time when I wrote it. I'm happy it's out there. It exists. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, yeah, like you said, it, it's out there, right? It, it's, I mean, all 2000 of your articles are out there and it's, it's going to yeah. live in, in, in lore. And I don't know. I'm, I'm just excited for, I mean, I, I know you, you've got to, focus more on on the day job and like that's i mean i i can't help but see myself in a similar position previously mm -hmm. like when i i have two kids and each time i had a kid it was like okay the, the blogging stops because you know mm -hmm. the focus is now on on the children right and the reason i bring that up is because i eventually you know found my way back to to yeah. blogging yeah. I'm, I'm wondering too if that's something that may be down the path for you right it's like okay now you know, really need to hanker down on, on the day job, but who knows, like, are you, are you open to that further on down the line? Like if the, if the itch comes back, mm. do you think that uh, there could be some sort of a return for you? Well, I mean, I don't know. I I don't want to say, you know, they always say like, never say never. I mean, in terms of sports writing, we'll see. I mean, obviously I'm not going to suddenly stop caring about the Raptors. So <laughs> if, you know, there's something that, that's something to catch, you know, there's something to write that that, that itch maybe doesn't go away. We had, when we when I first uh, was running the site, we had a we had a guy, a writer Russell uh, Pedal, 
And he mm. was trying to, he was doing a bunch of different things. He was writing stat posts for another site. He was doing podcasts and this and that. And then, yeah, like you just described, he sort of had to weigh some priorities and decided that like he just couldn't really commit to doing all the, the weekly grind of writing posts. And so, yeah, maybe that's part of it. You step back and reassess what you want to do. And I think, as you just highlighted there, you found your way back to it because you, you had that in you. You had that passion where you wanted to get back. You wanted to just write and, and joke and yeah. talk about and think about and, and put it some put that energy somewhere. So mm-hmm. that's sort of how I approach this stuff where I'm still going to be writing about uh, movies. Uh, I'm actually gearing up for TIFF stuff. I watched a movie this morning. Um, <laughs> you know, who knows what comic stuff will come up. I'm still trying to do, I'm trying to do some other writing. We'll see how that goes. You know, that, 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 that passion doesn't go away. You still want to put yourself into something. And, right. and you know, I don't want to get too flo- wax too philosophical here, but there is, <laughs> there is a thing where, you know, you got your day job and you got your family, but there's something in you, maybe it's just for you. Yeah. But it's like, you want, to write, you want to put it somewhere. You want to write, you want to, you know, and as we just talked about, you want to try and connect with, in this case, it's sports fans, but you never know. It's any, any people that might be struck by the work you do, the, create, the creative work you do or whatever it is, you know, and, and you're trying to, you're trying to put that somewhere. So I don't know. I, will I will I want to write about the Raptors again? I mean, I can't say that that will never happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see. Oh yeah, and and uh, you know, as, as as I've said, you know, several times, I think that the job that you've done here at Raptors HQ has been outstanding. I mean, it, the the incoming editor in chief Josh Kern's got some big shoes to fill, but we're very oh, excited on. for for Josh. This is kind of a question that's more for. You know, if Josh is listening, kind of a heads up for him. But if you had to say what the easiest part of the job was and what the toughest part of the job was, what would you say it was? Uh, well, the easiest part, uh, to a certain extent, is I, I I came to really enjoy, I guess, like getting things set. The writing is one part of it, but sometimes writing can be tough because you have to really get your mind right. And sometimes when you're trying to write about sort of more complicated stuff, it's it's challenging. I think I feel like I got fairly good at like putting the site together. Like, okay, on Monday, we're going to get this going on Tuesday. It's going to be this and this Wednesday. Okay. We'll plan it out. So I sort of grew to enjoy that and making the layout look just the way I wanted it. And, and then of course, going to games and tweeting was a lot of fun. That was, there was mm-hmm. nothing like, that's just, that's just fun stuff. I mean, that's not really writing, but it's like, that's part of the, that's part of the fun. Like that's part of the, the, the per, one of the perks of the job, obviously is yeah. to get to you know, go to games and be part of the, be part of the Raptors community even even as it took up time it was still sort of fun the hard part is you have to sort of be on top of everything that goes on and this mm-hmm. is always challenging because like you know i always think of like the summers where it's like long weekend but oh but free agency starting so you have right. to sort of be aware of you know if you want to go to a park for a couple hours it's like oh but you know make sure that this is covered and that's covered and, and sometimes it feels tough because you're like messaging emailing like you know, staffers and being like, can you write on this? Can you get on this? Can you, and it's like, you don't want to be annoying because it's like, we're all doing this. <laughs> it's their weekends too, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's all just, it's all, we're all, you know, no, no one's really making a lot of money and, and it's all like passion based. So it's like, you feel like a bit of a jerk, but, you, but, but then it's like, this is like the, you know, a lot of cases why people come to the site. This is what gets, you know, it's funny that the traffic spikes of like the trade deadline, free agency mm-hmm. and the draft, they're huge. People yeah. want to know about that stuff. So you really have to be on the ball. So it's funny covering some random game. You have to be on top of that too. You have to be on top of that. You have to make sure everything gets out, you know, goes out the, the previews and the recaps and the, you know, someone gets hurt, whatever you have to write about that. There's a grind to it that sometimes is kind of 
you know, it's tough. It's tough. And when you're the manager and also like writing stuff, it's like the, the structure of it collapses. The, the other, like when you're thinking about like the athletic or, or uh, writing, you know, stuff for any major publication, the writer's job is to just write the thing. And then it's like, okay, here's the, here's the column. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Here's the post, you know, then there's a, there's the editors and there's other people and they're managing the site. They're managing all that stuff, making sure that the promotions go, the tweets go out, the, you know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So they don't necessarily have to worry about that. But, but when you're in the, you know, I'm sure the guys at Raptors Republic would say the same thing. You have to make sure all that stuff is set up properly. You can't just sort of say, okay, here's my call and buy. It's like, you have to sort of worry about everything. So mm-hmm. sometimes, yeah, that could take up a lot of mental energy because I'll say one, one last story about this. I remember early, like in the first or second year, I was going to see a movie. We had to get someone, there was someone scheduled to write, you know, the game thread, the little, the little sort of pre-game mm-hmm. post that goes up. They weren't in, I won't mention the writer's name, but they weren't in contact. I wasn't sure where they were at, but I was like out, like I was out, like trying to go to see a movie. And then I sort of set up a post being like, okay, here it is. Like, just put your name on it, write, you know, write your thing and, and it will, and it's set to like go. Like you set right it up time. for them to fill in the blank kind of thing? Yeah. But then, but then they didn't see it at one point. So like for a few hours, the leading post on Raptors HQ was just like, the headline was just like, words. Because it was like nothing had been nothing had been written, but but the post auto posted. So I had to let you know finish this movie. Like came out of the theater, and people are like, "Oh yeah, look at this!" Oh, and it's like, "Oh Jesus!" So then like race home, <laughs> edit the post. Like you know, what I mean, like it's like this is not something you want to always have to be worrying about, but yeah. you do sometimes, right? Yeah. So and 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 you can't necessarily get other people to worry about it because, like at the time, I was making peanuts money to run the site, mm-hmm. but they're making nothing. So, you know, you yeah. can't necessarily harangue these guys to be like, to care. And you're just like, ah, you know, it, it sucks, you know, but uh, a, little, a little behind the curtain here, but that part of it is like, it's tough. It's tough to sort of constantly be worrying about this every day. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify.
and, and it's funny that you say behind the curtain because when when you're you're speaking about your you know the easiest part of the job and you know how that that relates to what you're doing here i i'm thinking of behind a different curtain i'm actually thinking about i think you were the raptors hq uh, representative at the nba finals and i i remember you were you know there was one day where you know i was backstage or, or like at Scotiabank Arena with you and you were showing me around and mm-hmm. you had showed me the area of the, the Scotiabank Arena where they had kind of created the media room, right? And mm-hmm. the media room at Scotiabank Arena is, you know, it's, it's, it's a cozy little little area, but the area that was kind of blocked off for the finals because that's, mm-hmm. that's an area of it. So that's a huge mm-hmm. space, right? It had to be yeah. much bigger. And, you know, I think about the curtains that were, were, were made there and that whole experience what was that like what was that like being at the finals because that's gotta be you know dream come true kind of thing right well first off i mean obviously very 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 lucky i mean there are other people that work for like run sb nation team sites that just this past summer right there was the some people involved with the bucks the milwaukee bucks site that's like they got to see it like what are the odds you get to see your team win a championship and it's funny because obviously like you know, the, the Warriors fans or LeBron, you know, the Heat or whatever. It's like, they, you know, not that they were expecting uh, the title every year, but obviously it becomes sort of old hat. Yeah. Whereas yeah. it was kind of amazing that we got very lucky that basically I took over the site in the summer of 2014 with, with Alex Wong. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were the co-runners at the time. And obviously the team was getting better like every year, essentially. So it was kind of wild in that year that in the finals run, First off, it was wild all year to be around Kawhi Leonard just because it's like, there's Kawhi Leonard. Like, there he is, like, mm-hmm. walking through the locker room. And then, yeah, the, the finals sort of the, – the finals thing was just wild because basically in the playoffs, everything gets bigger. So, like, every – you know, you, you, you went to a game with me and, that, and you got, like, the, the, t- the sort of typical experience. You know, the beat writers right. are there, maybe a few people – maybe a few out-of-towners. People are eating before the game. Where we walk in the locker room, you know, it's there's stuff, but it's like it's just a random February game, whatever it is, January game. So to watch the playoffs, it's like first round. All of a sudden, all these people from like Orlando are there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? In that case, and maybe a handful of like bigger national, like ESPN people. But obviously, it's not a very Raptors Magic is not a huge series in terms of uh, popularity or attention. And then then the next round. And all of a sudden, it's like Philly. Oh, now all of a sudden, it's you know some big name players, and oh, the Raptors are on the ropes, and and then it's a challenge. And then all of a sudden, that that room in the back of the arena gets bigger. And it's funny you mentioned curtains. It's like yeah, that's exactly it. There's a there's a whole area in the back of Scotiabank Arena, walking from basically like the locker room area to there's there's it's really comical. There's one elevator that goes up to the media gondola above yeah. the seats. So it's very much a service area. But they carve out that space and they tarp it off and they create basically when you see the podium. But this is an area that's usually like what, like storage almost, right? Yeah, or- yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not exactly the most like comfortable, let's say, in terms of like, you know, there's air conditioning noises and loud sounds, or whatever. You know, they they create that media room area and, and it and it just keeps getting bigger. So when you think about the podium that you see these guys, whether it be Steve Clifford or Joel Embiid or or um Giannis. You know, in that in the Eastern Conference run, it's like that that area kept getting bigger, and then they had to have special wings for you know, like because they had to have all these seats. 
because all of a sudden I'll never forget being at a game early. Like basically what I would do is I would leave my job. So I worked at North York Civic Center at the time and I would come down on uh, the subway and get there, you know, basically as early as I could. And I'll never forget one time coming to the media and like who comes around the corner, Stephen A. Smith just comes or wow. pops around the corner and looks around. No one's there. You know, he's talking to some handler and then he disappears. And it's just like, what the hell? But the room, just keeps, the room just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then by the time the finals are around, now they've created a huge podium area. The seating area is huge. There's like wings on wings of areas to see, sit because now there's international media, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just mm-hmm. like ESPN. It's like there's some random guy from who knows where because it's like right. everyone wants to at, – at the time, of course, it's like Steph Curry. That's a big story. It's the Raptors. It's, you know, everyone in Canada is paying attention. So it was, you know, the, the scope of it was huge. And it's funny, we, the, the space that we were in the gondola, which, you know, on any typical night, you're just sitting there somewhat by yourself or with a handful of people. And there's always lots of seats. By the time of the finals, we, you know, that, that thing was full. Photographers were all up there. And the finals was me, I think, Louis Zatzman from mm-hmm. Rabbit Republic. And we got sort of squeezed over to one side. Right. And that was it. We were just watching from the corner. And there it was. Like we were, we were, it was kind of wild to be like, I'm at an NBA Finals game, which. But, but typically, like on, in 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 the scrums, you're you're right up on their face, like you're a couple oh. feet away from whoever you want to talk to, and now it's like you're you're yeah pushed all the way to the side, right? Yeah, and that, and that yeah, when they talk about the podium game, it's like yeah, you're not getting. They have to do the podium because there's so many media members. There's no way to have a media scrum, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Typical on a typical game, you'll have a handful of cameramen and a handful of beat writers and some people sort of milling around. I'd be one of those guys milling around. Yeah. But yeah, in a, in a, in the finals, it's like, you know, a hundred people, you couldn't even fit them all in the locker room. Right. So when, when it's time for Kawhi to come and talk, he has to come to a mic on a podium. Cause it's like, it's crazy. How many people are there? Yeah. Um, I, I, I think back to that now, it's just like the odds of the odds of the Raptors being in the finals eight years ago, seemed impossible. And then yeah. the odds of them being in the finals and me being able to be at the games, seems like insane but there it right. is it happens it's kind of nuts when you think about it like very 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 lucky yeah yeah and and you know it's funny that you mentioned you know the raptors being in the finals because that's now it feels like that's that's the standard that a lot of especially the newer fans that, that they are feeling right it's why aren't we winning a championship every single year whereas you know the rest of us raptors fans who've been <laughs> day one you know we, we kind of we kind of know what to um, expect and not expect, right? And like this upcoming season is no different, right? I mean, there there are no championship aspirations. There are maybe playoff aspirations, and that's not bad. Mm-hmm. And and the core is looking quite solid. Obviously, mm-hmm. there are some, as with any other season, there are questions around you know the the roster makeup and who's going to be starting. What are you? What are your thoughts on the the upcoming season? Like, do you do you have any thoughts on who? the fifth starter should be uh, who should be starting at center. Should it be uh Birch or Achua or, or should we go mm. with like an all small lineup with, with Barnes in there? Mm. I don't know. I get, what, what are your thoughts, I guess, in, in general, in terms of the makeup of this, this yeah. roster and, you know, where you see them or how you see them performing this season? Yeah. Well, obviously they're in a transition. I mean, obviously there's things you can nitpick. I mean, I've seen various takes on, for example, Gary Trent Jr.'s contract, is it good or bad? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think obviously the what I like about what the Raptors have done is they have this they have this very solid floor that reminds me basically of like when the team started to get good at the beginning of the Kyle Lowry era, where it was like 
they had just like solid players and they were slowly sort of assembling the team as best they could based on everything they could control. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're trying to do good player development. They're trying to get, you know, they're trying to draft players that they think are going to fit into the program and the vision they have. And you can see that very clearly with the Barnes pick. Like I understand hundred percent why a lot of people wanted the Raptors to take Jalen Suggs, mm-hmm. but I, I think their thinking on it is like, we can get this guy and we can, he already has sort of the defensive abilities and mindset we want. He has the the fit, like in terms of where the roster is going, and then I think basically what they think is the skills he doesn't have yet. For example, he's not a lights out shooter. We can develop those, right? And I think that's an interesting sort of approach where the floor on this team just keeps going up because you're going to have for the next few years Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, and that's a pretty solid base. Mm-hmm. And then you, and then you look and see what happens with these other guys, and just like what happened before, you know, they, they tried to, they've got in the playoffs, they pushed for as hard as they could against, let's be, let's be real, su- superior talent, LeBron yeah. James. Yep. And then when a bunch of things lined up, it, it was a bit of a lucky break, but like the confluence of events put them in a position to succeed. I always think of that. Um, Albert Bruneco wrote a column on, on old, on, on the good dead spin where he was like, <laughs> where he was like, the Raptors sort of were put in a position to not only make the Kawhi trade happen, but to actually maximize Kawhi, right? Mm-hmm. If that mm-hmm. team was built, everyone knew sort of their role, and all that was missing was the hardest thing to get in basketball, which is that alpha, like, superstar player. But yeah. everything around him, you know, Lowry, Pascal, acquiring Marc Gasol, having Serge off the bench, having, like, Fred VanVleet and Norm Powell, it's like everything around him was designed perfectly yeah so the Raptors to a certain extent are in a similar situation I think it's clear that not to not to besmirch the guys we have uh like I said Siakam, Van Vliet, Onanobi I think to a certain extent it's clear that they're maybe not going to become like MVP they're MVP like top 10 players mm-hmm. but obviously mm-hmm. they're very good players and a lot of teams would want them it's so funny to hear all these these Ross these rumors about like teams being enamored with Siakam of course they're enamored with Siakam why wouldn't they be enamored with Siakam? He's, he's a very good player. And he, and he yeah. fits in with like anyone because he can do all these different things. So why wouldn't you want to get him, right? Mm, yeah. But I think obviously there's this kind of thing where now the Raptors are going to see where they can get with the young the young players they've got, where they can develop like Malachi Flynn, how they can develop Scotty Barnes. And then like who knows in like let's say two years where those guys are going to be and then who will be available that maybe they go, okay, you know what? We can get this guy and this guy. And then, you know, we don't know. You take your best shot. So I think uh, to answer your your first question, I, I'm liking the lineup of Van Vliet, I guess, uh, Trent, Ananobi, uh, Siakam, and then and then Birch. Yeah. And then off the yeah. bench, you've got that really nice, like Flynn, Barnes. Dragic, assuming he's, he's still here, I guess. Oh yeah, I guess you have to start Dragic. Yeah, so sorry, put Dragic in the in place of Trent, and then uh, Achua, who I think yeah. is going to be a very useful player. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And him, uh, him and Flynn, that 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 pick and roll can yeah. be very very fruitful. Yeah. Like it's funny. I I remember when they made that trade, the sign and trade with Lowry, and everyone was like, "Oh, they they should have done the you know this theoretical Philly deal, or they could have got mm-hmm. this." Or that. I'm like, they needed a big man with some upside. They got it, and then yeah. Dragic. It's very clear 
is not going to I, – I could see him being on the roster and playing, but it's obvious that both the team and the player are like would be happy to move on. It's right. like that whole thing with Dragic sort of you know, not being necessarily happy to be in Toronto. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Toronto's not really happy like to keep him either. They know, you know, <laughs> you don't trade Lowry for Dragic and then go, wait, great, Dragic's going to be our guy. No, obviously they're yeah. going to look to try and see if they can leverage him into something else. I hope they don't buy him out. I hope they get something for him, but we'll yeah. see. You know? Yeah. Everything that you said kind of lines up with, with my thinking and uh, as well, right? It's what ha- what eventually ends up happening with Dragic, I think will be a positive regardless, right? It's mm-hmm. if he ultimately stays, Hey, that's a great, that's a great, either really good sixth man or a, a starter alongside Fred. I mean, he's, he's, he's up there in age, which means he's not going to, he doesn't have the time and probably the patience to, sulk around and sit out and not want to play well he wants to at least play well enough to impress whatever team he'll eventually go to or have to sign with or whatever oh. so i think him being on the roster is already a positive in and of itself but if he yeah. ultimately gets traded away and i think that whatever the raptors end up getting it's it's going to be you know with an eye towards the future so i think either way i think it's uh it, it ultimately ends up being a, a good deal for for the raptors and in conjunction with what you were saying i think that the the outlook for this this raptors team is positive right and and again if as long as everyone is letting go of the thought of this this team you know making some grand long stay in the playoffs which is out of the question now anything anything you know outside of a another dance in the lottery is is perfectly acceptable so uh, i'm i'm yeah. looking forward to this season and i think that it's it's kind of fitting that, you know, you had mentioned earlier that this is a transition season, and I agree, it, it totally is a transition season, and it is also a, a transition here at Raptors HQ with with you stepping away, and you know, it is very bittersweet to to have that this conversation with you. To be honest, I I, I can't imagine the site without you. Yeah, so I think that that's a way of wrapping up the show. Is is if you had any, I guess, parting shots for. The listeners, the readers, um, because you know it's a uh, it's it's going to be sad to see you go because you 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 are the face of Raptors HQ. So it's going to be weird to not not see your name on you know every fourth or fifth article I see or every other article I see on on Raptors HQ. But yeah, the floor uh, is yours, Daniel. Like, uh, any any words for the for the readers of Raptors HQ and listeners of of that's wrap? Well, Jay, first I got to say you're you're too kind and. Uh... I appreciate all the nice words and I appreciate, I don't know. I just appreciate everything. And, and really I don't have any parting shots. I, all I can be is thankful on the day when I sort of, sort of let SB nation know that I was going to step aside, which, you know, the other sites I've, I've been, we have a little like managers uh, email group and, you know, over the last seven years, different guys have stepped, stepped aside, different people have stepped in. Obviously it's, it's happened for a bunch of different sites. I had to write that email and and it was very like, there was an emotional moment there. Cause I was like, you know, I didn't necessarily want to go out uh, this way in the sense that like, I would have loved to have gone back to another game. And I still, depending if Raptors PR will let it all, maybe I'll try and see if I can go to one more game, see everyone again. <laughs> that that was sort of like, it didn't really hit me until it hit me. And I was like, yeah, that was a, that was a big part of like my life, you know, running around to games, getting to do radio and TV stuff, getting to meet, you know, all these different people. Mm-hmm. When I think about how many people that I've gotten to meet, the people that have written for the site, 
people in the established people in the media that I was already like reading and listening to uh, the friends I've made, you know, it's funny. I, I think sometimes, you know, that joke when they say the real sport, you know, the real thing was the friends we made along the way, you know, right, whatever that right. real blank is. That, that's ultimately what this was. I, I, I didn't become a full-time sports writer. I didn't, you know, I didn't quit my job and, and pursue my dream of writing about basketball, which obviously as time went on, it became clear to me, I was not going to do, mm-hmm. but but I got to be friends with, with you know, some people that I really enjoyed spending time with. And then from those people, I met other people. In a way, it changed my life, not just because I got to see every type of Raptors game there was. I, I, went, to, I went to Vegas and saw summer league games. Mm-hmm. I went to preseason games, regular season games, playoff games, you know, finals games. So I got to see every the All-Star game. I got to see every right. type of Raptors game. Yeah, the, the All-Star game was wild. We didn't even talk about that. It was, I mean, what are the oh odds gosh. of that? You know what I mean? So I got to do all that stuff and then see all these people, meet all these people, and then be, all I can do is be grateful that like I got the chance to do it and that all these people were writing for the site and reading the site and commenting on the articles. And, you know, and any time that someone in person, I remember actually it was at my brother's wedding he had some friends from high school that were there and they were like, Oh yeah, right. Right. You're the Raptors. Shoot. You're the brother. You're, you're, yeah, we read your stuff. And it's just like, <laughs> one of those things where it's like, Oh, oh you read. Yeah. We, were, we love reading your stuff. I'm like, that's great. Like, that's just so like, that was just so cool to just have yeah. that happen. And then also I should add to see the people that have, that have come up through Raptors HQ and gone on to like, more things bigger things mm-hmm. or just the pe- people that have come up like you know when i first was on twitter i had like no followers and mm-hmm. i was like oh yeah i'm taking over you know Raptors hq with alex with alex and we're and we're gonna go from there and then like for example a guy like william Liu, he followed me on twitter i followed him back and he was you know he's like eight years younger than me and he was just another guy with a you know a few hundred followers and a bit of a dedicated following and to watch him for example over the last seven years rise up you know, I had nothing to do with it. I, it wasn't like, you know, he and Blake are always joking. It's a father and son team. But it's like <laughs> this idea of like watching guys come up, you know, watching Woodley sort of come up and become like what he's become. Watching like Kelsey, you know, Kelsey yeah. was one of the people a couple of years ago that emailed, you know, saying, I want to write for Abs HQ. And then now she's gone on to greater things. Uh-huh. Uh, I've written reference letters to some of our guys you know, who were trying to go into school or get a different job and whatever. I've been references for people and I've been always happy to do it. I was trying to help them do whatever it was they wanted to do, get another, you know, get another job in sports writing or, or just something else or go to, go to school for sports writer. You know, I don't know, whatever it was. Uh-huh. So I don't know when I, st- I'll say this, when I started, obviously, and I think you, you probably can relate to this because you, you went to a game. It's very exciting to go to the locker room and be like a foot away from, you know, DeMar DeRozan, obviously very thrilling. You're in the NBA locker room, which is like, right. you never, you never get to see it. So the novelty of that is very exciting. And then you mm-hmm. get to be in the scrums or sometimes I, you'd see my, my bald head on camera or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I still post that picture. I saw that picture of me and Biombo, me standing next to Bismack Biombo. You know what I mean? And it's like, and that was from, that snapshot was from a scrum right after they had lost, I think it was, well, that, that year against the, against the, in 2016. Right. So there's right. a video of me standing next to Biombo. So, like, obviously, that's very exciting to be like, there I am. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's the thing. But ultimately, now, when I think back on it, it's like, there's a million games, there's a million scrums, there's a million, 
you know, 2000 posts. But what I remember is obviously all the times where we were, you know, hanging out, writing stuff, like interacting with people and, you know, make, you know, creating, again, creating, I, I can't help but come become corny about this. But no, 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 no. This is, this is your time. This is your yeah. time. The community about it, you know, so. I think about, you know, what I think about is that, that uh, I think it was a picture posted by, I want to say it was William Liu. It was at uh, Rosan. And it's like, oh, yeah. everyone's in that picture. I see, you know, you're yeah. in that picture. Alex is in that picture. Kayla Gray. And like, everyone yeah. is in that picture. I'm like, that's an iconic picture in my no, mind. Like, that's, that, that's Raptors Twitter in, in one shot. That, I don't know how that came together. Uh, I think Alex set up the initial meeting and then I almost went home. It's funny. I almost went home. That night we, we ended up at, if you could believe this, we ended up at, um, what's the name of that place? Rocking Horse, that country bar. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, these are not my choices, but that's what I And then I was like, well, you know, I don't really, I'm, this is not really my scene and like whatever. And I'm like, and then I think I was about to go home. And then I literally was like a block away and I was like, nah, let's, no, let's go back. And so then I came back in and like, let's keep, you know, let's keep drinking and let's go. And then like roll sign. Sure. Let's, let's eat a big Chinese food meal at three o'clock in the morning. Like whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, they only win the title once kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. then when that photo came together, it was kind of like, wow, like there's my guy, my buddy Arun and Joe Kasharo and, you know, uh, who else is in that picture? Faisal Kamisa was there. Yeah. And then Everyone is in that photo. That's like, yeah. that's the who's who of Raptors Twitter right there. Um, some people came over and were like, hey, are you Will Lou? Like, and as he was on his way out, they were like, oh, yeah, we love your stuff. Like that kind of thing. It's like, that's fun. Like, it's just fun. Yeah. So those are the kind of memories that I'm obviously going to cherish long after I forget all the the goofy stuff that <laughs> the goofy stuff that I wrote. I don't know, just getting to be around it and be part of it and carving out a little space, you know, people could hopefully read my work and enjoy it. I, I'm, I'm really uh, happy and, and lucky that I got to do it. And I'll say one, one other thing. I, I really lucked into the whole thing. You know, I mentioned Alex a few times. He's obviously now like, you know, I've watched him. I met him on Twitter when he was still an accountant and, and, and was sports blogging on the side. This is back wow. in like 20, this is back in like 2013, I'll say. And and I went to his um, book launch when he he made a little Stephen LeBron Volume One book, mm-hmm. and he and I were just like Twitter friends. And I met him, you know, hung out with him in, in in real life a few times. And then to watch him go on to like all these things, writing books and everything else, and popping mm-hmm. up in you know the New York Times. He he was the one that was going to take over the site, and that's how close. This when I think about the what if, this is how lucky I got. He was going to take over the site because he had been talking to Adam Francis, mm-hmm. the original founder of the site. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, yeah, I'm doing this Raptors thing. I'm going to take over Raptors, Raptors HQ. And I said, oh, that's, that's cool. And then I said, I'd, you know, I'd love to contribute. And, okay, yeah, we'll talk. And then I messaged him later. And I said, so what's up with that, what's up with that HQ thing? He's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not going to do it because I can't find anyone to co-run the site. And I said, well, if that's the deciding factor, I can help you co-run the site. Like I can, I'd love to jump in and help do that stuff. I was already doing it for my own little personal site. Yeah. And he, and he said, okay, fine. And so we, we had our, we met with Adam, then we met with SB Nation and they said, okay, you guys can do the thing. And then, like I said, we built up the staff and started going to games and everything sort of, sort of came together from there, not knowing that seven years later we'd get to see, you know, the whole thing, the title yeah. and everything else. And, and see how far both of you have come, right? In terms yeah. of yeah where you've gone from wow yeah so when i think back on it now it's like 
there was a debate there in my mind of do I want to take on this workload and do I want to be able, you know can I run can I do this and I and I just I now I think back I'm so happy I'm so 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 happy that I said yes mm-hmm. Alex was like let's do it I, I'm very appreciative that I got to be here and I feel like we're getting very dramatic about it but but you know I don't know it's, it's a big chapter I started running the site when I was 30 and now I'm 37 mm-hmm. which uh, I got to reveal my age so <laughs> you know. well I mean. Really- the, the the happiness and the gratitude is is definitely well well warranted, right? And I'm 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 happy that you got to to share some of these stories with us and uh, you know join me on the pod and and we can kind of reminisce a bit and, and talk a little raps and I guess on behalf of the the readers of Raptors HQ and on behalf of the listeners of That's a Rap, I mean thank you. I mean you've you, it can't be understated how how big a part of of Raptors HQ and the Raptors community that you've been and. You know, again, very excited for for the next chapter in your life, but also extremely appreciative of the previous chapter and and what you've done to to bring content to the Raptors community. So thank you again for for all that you've done. Thank you for joining me on the pod, Daniel. I'll, I'll let you take the floor on on your sign off. Like you can plug whatever you want to plug. You can preach whatever you want to preach. Um, how can can people find you in in a post Raptors HQ world? Well, you can definitely still find me at aka underscore Reynolds on Twitter. The website is still going to be up, aka Reynolds.com. My graphic novel, Genghis Khan, is coming out this fall, November. Uh, I'll be talking about that a lot. Uh, and hopefully, you know I'm what? Part of CBC's... Uh... CBC fall comic books to watch for, yeah. That's um, it. Yeah, so uh, that stuff's going on, and, and hopefully, you know, you'll see me on the, will see me on the street in Toronto. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere from that. Awesome, and uh, you can find this podcast on Twitter at That's a Wrap Pod. You can find all of our episodes on any podcaster you've got out there. Obviously, you're finding us now on Raptors HQ, which is where you can find my writing. Uh, I can be found at Rosalisaurus on Twitter. But that's it for for me on this episode. Again, thank you, Daniel, for joining. Um, Again, very excited for the next chapter in in your life. And congratulations again and for all that you've done for Raptors HQ. And on that note, that's a wrap.